Hi, thank you for tuning into our podcast, The AIDS Today. Today, I would like to welcome my classmates from Intro to Public Health as we discuss how the Black Plague has resurfaced and the new pandemic, COVID-19. We would like for our audience to come out feeling more knowledgeable about epidemics and pandemics. So now we will go around and introduce ourselves and give a bit of background on ourselves as well. I'm Alejandra, a second year at UGA majoring in psychology and minoring in health policy and management. Hi everyone. My name is Hannah and I'm a second year health promotion major with the intent of going to PA school. Hey, my name is Claire Rottenborn and I'm a second year studying health promotion. Hey everyone, my name is Andrew Fielding and I'm a fourth year at UGA getting my degree in accounting. I graduate in May and I already have a job lined up with Gulfstream Aerospace working in their accounts payable department. Hi, my name is Chelsea and I'm a third year business major with a minor in health policy and management. Before we get started, we need to define what an epidemic and pandemic are. An epidemic is a disease that affects a large number of people within a community, population, or region. A pandemic is an epidemic that spreads over multiple countries or continents. An epidemic I'm sure we've all heard of is the Black Plague, which swept through the Middle East and Europe in the 1300s. It is estimated that about 25 million people died, roughly a third of the continent's population. Even though today we have improved sanitation and public health practices, we continue to see the Black Plague resurface with about 1,000 to 3,000 cases every year. Last year, on November 14, 2019, CNN released an article stating that two people had the Black Plague in China. According to the article, the World Health Organization qualifies the Black Plague as a re-emerging disease. The two patients were being treated and their doctor diagnosed them with pneumonic plague. So now we're going to go into a bit of background on the plague and COVID-19. The most fatal pandemic in all of human history was the bubonic plague of the Middle Ages. The Black Death, or Black Plague, as the disease is often referred to as, killed tens of millions of people across Eurasia, North Africa, and most notably Europe between the years 1347 AD in 1351 AD, historians believe that the disease originated in Asia and started as an epidemic there and spread along the Silk Road via rats that were bitten by fleas carrying the disease, which later resulted in a global pandemic. In the year 1347, when the disease got to Crimea, which is on the edge of Eastern Europe, it then spread by the infected rats boarding merchant ships that sailed to Europe in North Africa. When the infected rats died, the fleas that carried the disease then found humans as new hosts. Once a human was bitten by the flea, the human was then infected. By the year 1351, the Black Death had ravaged Europe and killed approximately 25% to 60% of the European population. As everyone knows, we are currently in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. This all started in Wuhan, China, and many health experts believe that COVID-19 likely originated in bats and now spreads through human-to-human contact. The World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic on March 11, 2020. The primary symptoms include persistent cough, fever, and shortness of breath, and these symptoms occur somewhere between 2 to 14 days after exposure. Luckily, about 80% of the people who do test positive for COVID recover without extensive treatment. 
However, older adults and people with chronic health conditions such as high blood pressure, heart or lung disease, and diabetes have a significantly higher risk of becoming severely ill or dying due to the virus. Currently, there are 1,314,907 confirmed cases worldwide, and 74,565 of those cases have unfortunately resulted in death. Clearly, the virus spreads very fast, and that is why this pandemic is hitting us so hard. Why exactly does it spread so quickly? The virus can easily spread from person to person via tiny droplets expelled when breathing or coughing. These droplets can remain on nearby surfaces for varying amounts of time. People become infected when those droplets enter either through the mouth or nose or eyes. Thus, an infected individual can potentially spread the virus to anyone and everyone that comes into contact with them or the objects that they have coughed or breathed on. As an individual, it is important to know what you can do to prevent getting infected yourself and spreading the virus further. First and foremost, avoid close contact with other people. Social distancing and self-quarantine is key. You must also wash your hands often for at least 20 seconds and use hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. Make sure that you are wiping down surfaces often and wear masks and gloves. If everyone takes these steps, the spread of the virus will decline significantly and we will all be able to come out of this quarantine sooner than later. The Black Plague and the coronavirus are both pandemics that have shown to have large impacts on the world. While the Black Plague first occurred many years ago, it has similar impacts on the world as the coronavirus is now having. Both the Black Plague and the coronavirus are believed to be transferred from animals to humans. The Black Plague was believed to be transmitted from fleas to humans, and the coronavirus is believed to have originated in bats. In addition, both pandemics created symptoms such as fever and led to other difficulties such as pneumonia. The Black Plague negatively impacted trade and caused there to be a labor shortage. The coronavirus has also had similar impacts on the economy. Although there are similar impacts that these pandemics have had, Technological advancements can help prevent the spread of the coronavirus through more awareness worldwide. This could also be seen as a positive and negative because some technological advancements and inventions have also made it easier for humans to spread the virus at much faster rates. It took approximately two years for the Black Plague to spread, yet it only took four to six months for the coronavirus to become a large pandemic with cases in over 185 different countries. Now, I'd like to introduce Miss Alicia May, a professor here at UGA, who is going to discuss pandemics with us. Before we start, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your studies? Sure. So, my name is Alicia May. I have a master's degree in public health from Georgia State University. My undergraduate degree was in psychology from Kennesaw State. I worked at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for roughly five years. I was a graduate of their evaluation fellowship program there. I'm now uh, in the PhD program at UGA, uh, working on a PhD in health promotion and behavior. My emphasis is looking at how to reduce sexual risk behaviors among adolescents who live in slum populations in sub-Saharan Africa. Perfect. That is awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) I feel like that's a mouthful. <laughs> no, it's good. It's awesome. Um, so I guess to start off with the first question, what are some ways that individuals can prevent the spread of disease? 
Well, for that question, I think that the most important thing that we know about is social distancing, making Mm -hmm. sure that you are six feet apart from everyone. You need to watch when you're out exercising that you try to stay out of the path of runners. They're Mm -hmm. finding that the sweat from runners is, it, it can last about 13 feet. That's sort of their trail. Oh, wow. So you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be getting mixed up with that. So mm-hmm. that's part of that six feet, staying far away. Mm-hmm. Creating a six foot bubble around yourself is very smart. Mm-hmm. You also want to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't feel like you've done anything but be in your house, just wash your hands. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy. Um, you also want to change your clothes after you come inside and immediately put them in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. That way, if there is any virus on your clothes, it's going to be washed away. We know that we know that the membrane is very, very weak for this virus. Mm-hmm. So the simple act of using any kind of uh, soap or agent and the motion of pressing the two things together will actually is what breaks down that membrane and kills the virus. Mm-hmm. So wash your clothes and use hand sanitizer. Sanitize your doors, uh, your door handles like once a day. That's also helpful. Awesome. Thank you. I didn't actually know this stuff about the running. That is kind of scary, but <laughs> good to know. To yeah. Be wary of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is, is everyone equally at risk when there is a pandemic? So I thought that this question was really good and it made me look back at the uh, 1918 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I found a study that was published in 2014 by Summers and they looked at men who were in the military. Mm -hmm. Their population, they found if you were 25 to 29 years old, had been pre-pandemic in in the hospital specifically for tuberculosis, Mm -hmm. or if you had a large chest size, you were more likely to be infected and to pass away from that flu, which is similar and different from Mm -hmm. what we see now. We know that the coronavirus affects an older population. Mm -hmm. They are much more susceptible. Uh, But this is also a study of military men. So it could have been population bias Mm -hmm. in this study. But the one thing that is similar is having comorbidities. So I think that 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 is the area of research that needs to be uh, looked into while this is all going on is these, what are the most comor, the biggest issues with those that have the most comorbidities? Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, that is, that is, who is? It, it, it varies pandemic to pandemic who's the most susceptible, but specifically for our COVID-19, it is definitely the elderly. Yeah. But the, we're also seeing it increase in people who are younger, but those are also the people who are working. Mm-hmm. And by younger, I mean, you know, 30 to 50. Mm-hmm. So they're just probably more out in the world yeah. than people who are older. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so I guess <laughs> <laughs> moving on, the next question is, what modern technology or medicine is used to help with preventing the spread of disease? 
So currently for this COVID pandemic, we, uh, what I have read is that uh, there's been a lot of use of z packs and steroids to help with the inflammation mm-hmm. of the lungs because that's what is really killing people is the, the inflammation of the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, we have disinfectants we didn't have things like Lysol and sanitized wipes, things like that back in 1918. So that's definitely a modern technology, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's helpful. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's been the two biggest things. We also have ventilators now mm-hmm. that are saving people's lives that mm-hmm. we didn't have before. So definitely there have been advances in medicine since our last pandemic, mm-hmm. which was a hundred years ago. Yeah. So that has been very, very helpful. I did not think about the Lysol thing, but that totally, <laughs> I guess I'd take that stuff for, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think about it and appreciate it as much as I should, but <laughs> Lysol, that was a good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the next one is, are there any significant public health policies or laws that have been put in place for preventing the spread of disease? So I think that the biggest uh, the biggest prevention that we have is our shelter in place orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can see, there's been a few places where there have been consequences if you do not follow them, mm-hmm. meaning you get a ticket with a monetary attachment to that, which is definitely for a lot of people. I know it would be for me incentives to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but um, as far as, you know, specific laws, a lot of places are taking this as educational opportunities to talk to their public about the importance of staying at home. Um, But the it's so everything has unfolded so fast Mm -hmm. that creating a specific law around it has not been what has happened. But I think that that does speak to the need for plans. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we country were prepared for this pandemic. And honestly, it's not just this pandemic. If we were to see, you know, somehow the internet going out, mm-hmm. that would also cause everything to sort of collapse. Yeah. So we need to have these plans should we're no longer able to be a global society on the books just yeah. so that we know we can go to them. There's no harm in having a plan. Mm-hmm. I think that is a great thing to mention because it seems everyone is scrambling right now in every sense of the word. So <laughs> that would be yeah. very smart. Preemptive thinking is yeah. very smart. It, I mean, they. it's interesting. We talk about, we, we really, I know at CDC, I worked in emergency operations a good bit. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the importance of having a plan. Mm-hmm. What You know what to do if there is a tornado. Mm-hmm. You have a plan. And if there's a fire, you have a plan. Mm-hmm. And your family is encouraged to talk about these plans in, the, in, in advance of something happening. Mm-hmm. I mean... We've had multiple tornadoes here in Georgia, but so far we're okay. We have a plan. Mm-hmm. So there's no harm in it. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's actually going to happen, but it's better to have a plan than not have one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Clearly. I totally, totally agree. That. 
Yeah, that was a great point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our last question is, what is your advice for us as a society during this current COVID-19 pandemic? I know that I've talked to you about this in class, mm-hmm. and I talked about it again yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about it until my face is completely blue. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your sources. Mm-hmm. Who are you getting information from? Mm-hmm. All of the sudden, everyone on social media knows everything about infectious disease. Mm-hmm. I worked at the CDC for five years. I don't know that much <laughs> about infectious disease. As someone like Dr. Fauci, who's spent 40 years, you know, mm-hmm. or more in this field he knows everything i've worked with those experts Mm -hmm. they dedicate their lives to understanding disease and to keeping americans safe Mm -hmm. listen to them Mm -hmm. they are of sound and mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh also make sure that your sources come from places like cdc and who uh, really reputable organizations mm-hmm. that those are the places that hire the experts mm-hmm. that give them the place to run tests and, and to watch things. I mean, WHO is our health watchdogs throughout the globe. Mm-hmm. And it's important. Their, their whole mission is keeping everyone safe. Mm-hmm. Their mission is not to make any money which a lot of new sources are. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend sources for sure. Great. No armchair experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, those are all the questions sure. that I have, but that was so helpful. And you really, I, you pointed out so many things I never would have thought of. I'm still thinking about the Lysol thing. <laughs> so that is awesome. <laughs> So thank you so much for all that. that. I can help you and hopefully other people and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all going to stay safe, wash our hands and wear our masks and get through this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Professor May, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Before we sign off, we want to share this clip from the TED Talk by Larry Brilliant, My Wish, Help Me Stop Pandemics, where he talks about how we can stop them early warning system to protect us against the things that are humanity's worst nightmare. And so my TED wish is based on the common denominator of these experiences, smallpox, early detection, early response, blindness, polio, early detection, early response, pandemic bird flu, early detection, early response. It is a litany. It is so obvious that our only way of dealing with these new diseases is to find them early and to kill them before they spread. Larry Brilliant talks about how early detection and rapid early response can stop pandemics. Today we are facing the COVID-19 pandemic and we believe it's important to stay informed and learn more about how pandemics and epidemics affect all of us. Today, we ask all our listeners to continue practicing social distancing, washing your hands and staying safe. And lastly, today we hope everyone learns something and continues to stay informed. Thank you for tuning into the AIDS podcast.